You're listening to the Three Feet Radio Show with Ben Carbonaro and Luke Herbert. From our studios come special guests and netball commentary, exclusively on YouTube. Welcome, listeners, to this latest installment of the Three Feet Radio Show. And as we're building up to the Cricket World Cup final, and we're waiting to see if Australia or India play the Black Caps in the final, my co-host Ben Carbonaro and I, we decided that it was time to interview another guest. But before I get to today's guest, how are you doing today, Ben? Yeah, I'm very well, Luke. And once again, we saw an exciting round of ANZ Championship netball action. Some close games and some not-so-close games. We did, and... But I'm not going to start ranting on about the design conference because uh, that would take up the entire program. But joining us in the studio today is Mark Foster. How are you doing today, Mark? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. All good on this side of the ditch. You know, just while I'm sitting here in the deep south, we'll get things you know, underway. How have you seen the A&D Championship season so far, and more specifically the performance of the design-based teams? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed the last game, the Mystics versus the Pole. I thought uh, New Zealand style really shone through there, and we it was played at a really awesome pace, lots of flair, and I love that lots of flair um, aspect to our New Zealand style. I, I'm really enjoying it. And just that, um, just that flair, Mark. Is there anything in particular, any parts of those flair, of that flair that you think that? that really um, catches your eye or that really comes to the fore when the Silver Ferns play the Diamonds? Well, look, I just reckon that we've got such a, a unique style of play that we've just got to be able to trust ourselves. And, I mean, you know, look, I know that you know, we can use the cricket as a really good analogy, like they're dreaming big at the moment. And I just think that, you, you know, like us in New Zealand here and our players, we actually have got really awesome talent. And it's about being able to, you know, not necessarily play the style of Australia. We need to play our own style and be proud of what we um, are about. I'm going to just skip ahead here a fair bit because you were speaking of the New Zealand players and it brings me to what's been a sore point with me and I think a lot of New Zealand netball fans since at least 2008. But in Australia, there is the Australian Netball League, which is abbreviated the ANL. And the competition bridges the gap between the state leagues and the ANZ Championship. Do you feel that New Zealand netball could benefit from something similar to replace the NPC? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I definitely do. I, I think we we may need to revisit or look at the um, actual ANZ champs in, in its current format as well. I think that when we were under the old um, National Bank um, Cup format where we had our New Zealand teams playing against each other and we really had good buy-in from the fans um, in each region, and, and then possibly you, you would have, you, you could have that running and then you can have your two top New Zealand teams playing against the two top Australian teams and then combining that into a series like what they do in the NBA. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, Mark. I'm, I'm, I've been fortunate enough. I have worked for Netball Australia in the past, so I've been exposed to this A&L competition. What we do see is we see probably the best of the state leagues and some young ones too. And also the contracted fringe players from the ANZ Championship get valuable courts on an opportunity to prove themselves. I mean, yes, they probably do get that they probably they do get probably do get that in the MPC, but by having this um New Zealand version of the ANL, it might improve the pathways even more because there has been oh, some absolutely because there has been some criticism within the last couple of years since the ANZ started that there needs to be something done about how the pathway system in New Zealand works. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely, most definitely, especially the MPC. Like last year was 
very much like a dead duck. Um, even the attendance and going there was just, it was, it was just not flash. And even the year before, I was actually coaching in the that NPC environment, and and you know, like from what it has been like in the years um, previously to what it's actually become now, it does need a complete overhaul. Even if there were like, yeah, like you know, we think that the college netball seems to be well received. Well, well, why couldn't we have like a, you know, like every um, franchise has their next team, um, which is like, you know, you and you. You know, like your junior tactics, for example, junior pulse, and you're actually playing off against the other. Um, I know it comes down to funding, but um, you know, like you you you're actually playing, you're actually travelling with the team, and you're um, actually playing the curtain raises. What I've never worked out, and I don't expect you to answer this, but just to you know inject a comment for the sake of the listener and yourself. But what's always kind of left me scratching my head is why, when the Anzac Championship was created, Netball New Zealand, since it's their baby, didn't include such a competition and just went to Sky TV and said, "Look, we're going to do this before the games." But you know, that's a question I think only they can really answer. But I think just before we switch to other topics, I think we do have to talk about the the mainland tactic. Or just a tactic, as you know, I generally refer to refer to, to them as. And, you know, I supported that team for a number of years before I moved down to Steel Country. But do you feel they've improved, and from what you've seen so far this season? Hmm. Well, if if you're looking at what the results are, like we actually tracked better last year. Um, like you know, we actually beat the the Mystics and and we beat the Pole. Um, and now we're kind of like you know, we're blowing out a little bit. Um, I'm just not sure. I, 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 part of me kind of feels every time I watch a, watch Patrick play because obviously I'm here from, you know, contemporary and that. And I don't mean it in a negative way about the umpiring, but sometimes when you know, when you're playing, you say the, you subconsciously you're playing that it's like a, a thought that they're the bottom team. Pat, you know, I'm just not sure if we kind of like, if they kind of get self-feeling. In regards to that sort of um, situation, I just think I watched the last game they played um, against the Poles here and at Horncastle Arena, and there were like five calls that really were very, very marginal. Um, and yet, you know, the Poles probably did the same exact same thing, whether it was a held ball, but they were never pulled up for it. So I'm just, you know, I'm just a bit, bit skeptical about. I mean, not skeptical about wanting to know how the heck does a team get off that bottom place like you know realistically it's, it's going to take an, at least another two stars coming into that environment that have experience of winning and you know maybe doing away with the ones that have been there for a long time that actually have never won, you know, haven't won many games uh, Mark, what's your take on having an Australian as the coach um, for the tactics this year? I mean, uh, Sue Hawkins, obviously, I've had a little bit to do with her. She's been uh, assistant coaching in the Swims, and she's also coached in England, too. Do you think she's brought a bit of bit more of a positive mindset to the tactics this year at all? Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, any coach that goes into to a coaching environment, you've got to be, a, a, you know, be supportive of them. And, you know, look, she's, um, you know, she's, just got her own her style and and um, her way, and the girls seem to really enjoy her. So that's fantastic for the for the region. And just you know, detailing back slightly, because we were talking about player development pathways a moment ago, and I've spoken to you know Ben about this off air quite a bit. But do you think you could say the same in short about you know 
upcoming umpires and coaches because just for like one example, we, we've had Debbie White, the former Silver Fan and Otago Rebel on this program and she was an assistant coach for Auckland in the last you know, last year's MPC and I'm only using Debbie as an example here, but you know, it's an awful long way between the MPC and the anti championship for any upcoming coaches and, and umpires as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, like in that respect, people New Zealand needs to have an overhaul. But I don't believe that their coaching pathway is clear at all, and especially the accelerated program where they only pick one person um, to go for it. And I don't know if that's the sort of group of um, coaches or how will they identify um, and you know, what, what are the pathways for coaches because, you know, you can get very disgruntled. Um, like, you know, if you've got a passion for coaching, netball, um, and you really want to, you know, like to move through the ranks, then, you know, what is that? What, is, what does it look like? Like, I just don't feel, I think we have to be more innovative with what we um, present and how we produce it. I know that Netball New Zealand do do the coaching modules that come out via the Netball Development Offices, but they can be a tad um, textbooky, um, one-dimensional, like, you know, you've got to be able to appreciate and value coaches for what they bring. Like, not every coach is the same, and that's what makes New Zealand. Like, that's where we are unique, and I mean, it's just like any other country. But being able to value that as well, like, you know, like, like the evil willerings of the world, getting her out and about throughout the country, she's just got such great humour and um, experience and knowledge to be able to share her way, like in terms of, like she's a big guru on dosing and like, you know, if that's, that's, that's the type of style that New Zealand should be adopting. And then we, we do do it. So then, you know, if we did it all around the country and that was part of the New Zealand way, with their own style, and then you had the likes of Yvonne Warren coaching the coaches and assisting in that manner. Um, you know, look, what's going to happen with Robin Broughton when she's finished? She's got um, so much knowledge and experience that, you know, like she she should be utilised. I agree with using the likes of Robin and even Yvonne. I've, I've met Yvonne a couple of times when she's come to Australia. She's got a great um, netball brain. But with the umpiring too, Mark, you would have thought by now that the administration would have thought, okay, it's probably better if we have one Kiwi umpire during, during the game each week. But they always bring it back to they, their answers always, always is cost, cost, cost. Oh, but you would have thought, know, you would have thought, you would have thought, the Sky, true, you would have thought, though, no disrespect to Netball Australia or Netball New Zealand. But the Sky money, there is a lot there. Surely you can pay for that, or there's some sort of way that they, that, that can be sorted out. Oh, I definitely agree. And look, you know, like, like it's always like, you know, this is where we have to, you know, like, do the, the good old eight-wire, you know, mentality needs to kick in. But there's always lots of different ways to, to, to um, you know, you've got to find another way in that respect, like not using money as a flipping excuse for why this isn't happening. Um, you know, like, I, I know for, for, I know out here in our, in our communities, I'll see even approaching businesses and asking, look, would you... Would you consider being the the umpire spot, you know, spot for the umpires um, for for the ANZ chance? Like it's only an airfare. If you think about it, when you break it down, at an airfare, well, you can approach in New Zealand. I mean, they're pretty user friendly in that respect, and they look after the All Blacks. Um, it's just about being able to be creative um, and what we are about, and find another way. But we seem to just have this block. Oh, we can't afford it, and then that's it. We don't we don't cross that 
hurdle. And, you know, that's why we don't we do not get across the line. I think, as a general comment, Netball New Zealand is very much tied in with the thinking of uh, pay TV. You know, they, they focus very much on the, this, the uh, deal they have with Sky TV. And unfortunately, I think the world's changing underneath their feet. I mean, I think now in New Zealand, if you want to watch African English Premier League, you buy the coverage online now. I don't believe Sky TV has the rights to it anymore, but I think I, I do need to shift things along a bit here. And during our research for our chat with you, we saw that you have a coaching business called Motivate New Zealand. Motivation, Could, yeah. Oh, sorry, Motivation New Zealand. Yeah. Could you tell us about that? Well, basically, it's set up about oh, uh, 10 years ago. Um, I, when I was a head coach here um, for Canterbury Flames, and um, we played the Southern Spring for Downing Your Land. Um, we played the Spring in the final, and um, we'd lost by three goals. And my husband had owned a swim school at the time. And I came back and I was really like, just like, really just upset and disappointed because a couple of girls in the final had done some basic skills, kind of like, you know, one had successful, one had gone offside. And he said to me at that stage, look, why don't you just do away with this um, elite netball um, coaching and, and get into um, run your own netball school that's going to assist young children to improve in the basic skills of the game. And so that's really where the conversation, um, that's where it started. And then I thought, yep, that's it. Um, that's what I'm going to do. So I've set up Motivation to Netball, which is um, we have a junior academy and a senior academy. Um, and also work, Motivation works on a lot of schools here in Christchurch, in particular St Andrews College, because we run a senior and junior netball academy program. Um, and it's just been being able to work with coaches and coaches that have got a little bit of an X factor that don't necessarily fit into the mould of a textbook style coach. These are the ones that come across my my path and I absolutely love it. I like I love the enthusiasm. I really love the design of the programme. We've got Julie Seymour um, as part of our senior Nickel Academy now. She's like tonight we're working with um, 13 to 17 year old um, and she's just fantastic. She brings so much. She's such a talented um, coach. And Shelley Norris uh, is another senior coach here in, in Christchurch that um, is really like stepping up. So it's, it's just really exciting. It's just good for everyone's soul. And we use netball as the vehicle, um, but we teach things as um, you know, our netball is life skills along the way. And you know, for example, our, our Things tonight about grit, they're having grit, what does grit look like? So, you know, it's kind of, for me, it's a, um, a feel good, uh, really rewarding program that we run. You talk about those life skills, Mark. Um, they've, they've changed it a little bit here in Australia, but we used to have where the Australian Institute of Sport would have a netball program, and it would actually be a 12 month scholarship program almost where the girls who were picked, they actually would learn those life skills and they got to stay mm. on, re- on residence. And yeah, one, that's one, that, you used to yeah. do that in New Zealand too? No, but you know what? I love the Australian Institute of Sport. I came through when we when I was in the Canterbury Nickel team here, and I used to keep it going with uh, when Norma Plummer was um, over there as well, um, working with the Australian Institute of Sport. We used to do um, exchanges, and so we would go over there 
day at the Australian Institute of Sport, and honestly, uh, I mean, it was it was just mind blowing. See, you have to be involved in um, even the ride from like, getting the the, the mini bus of the trailer going from Sydney to Canberra, um, staying staying um, in the um, accommodation and being around um, different sports people like the Canberra Raiders rugby league team, and at the time. Um, Brent Todd, who from Christchurch, was involved in the team, and so their team would be training um, at the um, facilities beside us, and it was just really inspiring to go to the breakfast, and you've got gymnasts like really young, through to to um, netballers, rugby league players, etc. Uh, swimmers. We went and saw that um, that Alexander Popov guy was training over there. All the girls were the kind of in awe of him so you know like they that was just an amazing setup and I would just absolutely love to have something like that where you're actually coming in and you're having 12 months of netball um, netball life skills the whole thing I think that would really make a difference but I think the Australian Institute Court would really lead the way and uh, I've just got a general question here and you know you don't necessarily have to answer this but you can and I brought it to go beyond that ball. But one thing I sort of noticed, because I'm Australian-born, and I think in New Zealand, and, I'm not, and again, I want to stress, I'm talking about netball and beyond the netball sphere, that I think there is a tendency for people not to speak out. And by that, I mean if you have like one of those coaches you talked about that don't fit the textbook mold, they're probably going to stay silent. Do you think that's fair? No, I don't. And, and you know what? I just think that... Um, that the likes of Brendan McCullen, for example, his captaincy skills and the way that he is, see, that's like a coach. Like, yeah, for example, people didn't really get him. Like, you know, say two or three years ago, he's getting bagged, you know, in the media. People like psychologists were going, oh, he's not good for the team. Um, you, know, you know, the way that he is, because he's authentically him, himself. And I, I guess that, you know, he has to have shown, and this is what happened now, that he's, he, when you are a little bit out there, outside the square, and you do speak your mind, and you are really passionate about it, you have to not just be a superstar. You have to be a super superstar to even get any form of the acknowledgement and value. And I, I've often found that as, as, even as a coach. Like, yes, I've, I've had success, but I have to have success at, at such a high level compared to, to other coaches. Otherwise, you, you know, not, you're, that you're easily going to get, you know, like the sack or um, people just don't get you because you're not the same. But that's what makes us different, and that's what, what we need. And just sort of switching back in more so to the netball pathway and all that sort of thing, Mark, do you spend time coaching in the UK Super League? Did you tell us a little bit about that? I'm, I'm quite interested in that because with the, in the last three to five years, England have really, really improved and they're starting to get all their um, their pathway system and everything in place and they're doing quite well on the international stage. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just recently, they've got a new um, England coach that's been announced, um, Tracy Neville, who actually played, um, like, she played in my era, so, you know, I actually know her reasonably well. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time over there. They're actually quite proactive. Um, yes, they've got their politics around um, their high-performance um, model, as, like, in, in every other country, 
but the passion that they've got for playing. Like they had a thing last oh, two weeks ago, which was like a um, like a dance. It's like a netball sort of dance, it's called, and they, it was just received by you know like fourteen thousand people when I watched it. Pretty good. Um, we're both based at Loughborough, um, and basically um, this came about from an SOS call when um, you know it's really cool to to you know like all the contacts that you have in the world netball community. Um, and this was that was by Megan Anderson. Who's that foot? And she was a former Australian player, and she was actually with Phil. And I became, um, you know, like I was her coach when I was assistant coach with Robin Broughton. She sent me a Facebook message asking me, um, "Look, um, would you consider? Would you be interested in this contract um, to help out the UK, you know, like netball?" Um, and it was Loughborough. And basically, their coach had they had had a coach. And then she pulled the pin on coming to them like a week prior. So they were kind of like desperate at that stage and no one was putting up their hands. And so I kind of thought, well, yes. So but my um, cancer had kind of um, stayed stable and I just thought about, you know, that's being able to on that side of the world to see how and what was happening on this, that side of the world. And there was some pretty good stuff going on um, over there. And, you know, I think that, you know, like I know that England are really gunning for a medal for at the World Champs, and um, you know, yeah, it's only going to be a matter of time. And you talk about not just England but Scotland too. I mean, um, look what Gal Farad has done for them. They they have improved significantly. That's another um, Kiwi influence over there. And also, Link Gunson was the main architect of the um, of the high performance and what's going on now. So Kiwi influence in English netball is actually quite big. Oh, absolutely. Lynn Gutson and Waimarama Tamanu were absolutely instrumental um, in the turnaround of England netball. And that was really evident in Bath. And also the amount, like when I finished my time over in England, I sent Wai an email um, because I just felt that, you know, like to just to say, you know, like, look, well done, like, and an appreciation that what she had done and paved the way over there for those girls, those girl, the girls that are in the England netball team currently, um, the likes of Diva Mentor and Serena Guthrie, um, Joe Harkin to a certain extent, and it all came through, uh, Pamela Cookie, all came through um, Lynn's and Wise kind of regime, and they just really lifted the standards and raised the expectations. So I, I think that they have done an incredible job. I just want to switch gears here a fair bit, but are there any plans for a reprint of your book, Silver Linings? <laughs> I might do a part two, um, which would be quite good, actually. Um, yeah, I haven't got anything in the pipeline. Like my, uh, the, the guy that wrote my book was um, a really colourful um, character called John Matheson. I don't know if you know him, but he was involved in media and he was on Radio Live as well. Um, and he passed away um, early last year, and it was a bit of a shock. And you know, like he was one of those guys that certainly um, was outside the square. Um, so you know, it would be awesome to have put something else together. Like ever when I go and I do speaking engagements around, I hand out. Um, I've got a little box box here, and you know, like people come up to me and they. You know, like if they're having struggles or they're going through um, the same um, type of uh, situation as me, I kind of just write them a personal note at the front and 
and give them a book to get them through, especially the um, chemo um, section as well. Obviously, you do do a bit of speaking, you've got the book, but what sort of, um, when, you're, when you're speaking, Mark, what sort of stories and advice do you give to others um, who are going through breast cancer usually? Well, I guess the biggest thing is to be able to stay in the moment and to master the moment. Um, I've got really good at, and, and also listening to your body. Um, I've just taken so much from it. Like I, I don't want to say, look, I'm glad I had cancer because obviously I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. But the, the but my lifestyle and the way that I was but prior to that was, you know, all over. Like I was full on, too, too, too much, too, too exhausting for my body. Uh, um, like being able to live in the moment and to actually let things go quicker. Like, you know, like, and, and look at it um, differently, like, not worrying so much, um, just let it go, and really have that real positive outlook. Like, you know, really being able to challenge your um, your negative thoughts to converting them to positive thoughts. And I always talk about flowers, like flowers with your, you know, your positive thoughts in your mind and your brain and, and, and um, your negative thoughts are weeds. And so, you know, just give yourself a weed out. And you know, like just pull them out and have a bit of a laugh at yourself. And I've used humour um, quite a lot to get through as well. And um, yeah, just just really ensuring that you're listening to your body and and um, being nice to yourself, like saying good stuff. Could any of that apply to say elite level athletes that are I don't know about to face? Probably the best example now would be say the, the cricket World Cup final. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading Brendan McCullum's um, article and stuff the other day about like you know, it's just it's what you can control and like you, you know, just control what you can control and then just let it, just let it flow. Like you know, as in like it's your destiny, whatever's going to happen. And it's that good old saying that the universe you know just looks after you and not necessarily worrying about it. Like just like taking away that um, actual thought that you know. Any on their own soil, 
like her, like like me, just go, oh, oh, who we got next? You know, like it's, it, you know, like and then you don't, you you only really can revisit that particular team if you're playing them in a semi-final or a final situation. And I think the other good thing too, if we had a full two-round draw, I think it removed the oddity that we have is like to still. For instance, they played a tactic, and they played a tactic in round two or three. And then, although that hasn't been the case for these two teams, but often you'll have the Kiwi sides and the Australian sides play each other only about two weeks apart. So I think that would be you know, something good if it could be shifted. But just stick with the anti-championship. How do you feel about the removal of extra time? It's not hours of really protest. Like I knew that was going to go like a flipping draw last week when you know, you're watching it and I'm like oh you get all excited and then I know I'm the sort of person like yeah those poor players and it's going to take another seven minutes to get an outcome or whatever but like you know it needs to be obvious like we, we've kind of got used to them going look look at the rugby league they had that golden kick or whatever but you know it's, I kind of just think that, that you know it's, we've gone through this of um not having a, a, a draw at the start, and it was, was working exceptionally well. We, do you remember we had the, if you got within five points, you got a point? Yeah, I think I can remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think one, you know, like one, one, what, they get one point each. I think so. That was the old National Bank Cup. I was actually a fan of that because you had a lot of games where you knew what side was going to win. So it would have been a bit sort of boring if they didn't have the bonus point. And, you yeah, know. and you got excited, like, you know, from a coaching perspective. <laughs> like, even if they did it within three, like, you know, like, you got quite like, it was like, you know, you didn't give up. Like, you know, had still had that incentive to keep kind of pushing, nudging it. Like, if you were, like, six goals or seven goals, then, you know, like, you were really quite, like, it was, it would keep you going to get that extra couple of points to get a point. I remember when it was the old format, I used to love it. I'd say, yeah, we've got a point. So it was quite cute. And obviously, we're only just started the ANZ Championship season, Mark, but coming up this year is the pinnacle for, for many netballers in the Netball World Cup down here, down under in Sydney. Uh, how do you feel the Silver Ferns will go based on what you saw in the international season late last year? <laughs> well, look, if it's anything to go by, and I would love to use cricket as the example, like, you know, they were written off, and now, you know, now we're in a World Cup final. I, I mean, I, I definitely believe that we'll be in the final, and I would love to see us win it. I really love to see us win it, and I just think that we, we you know, we have got the players here in New Zealand, and, and the... Um, Coaching staff, I'm sure that they're going to be doing all they can um, to, to you know, bring that cup back. We haven't won it since 2004 in Jamaica. Quite a long time, 10 years, 10, 11 more years, it's been the top year. So, you know, I, I reckon the girls are training pretty hard, and, um, you know, with what I gather, they're, they're, you know, they're up to the challenge. But they've got to overcome either England and Jamaica first. I think England could be very dangerous. I think with their change in coach, they will start putting their strongest lineup on court consistently, which is what they failed yeah. to do in the Commonwealth Games. And if they do that, that is, you know, that is a fairly they've got a fairly decent lineup. They still have a few issues with the gaps between the players that play in the Anzac Championship and the Super League. I think that's basically unavoidable for them. But just staying with the World Cup, how sort of important or, or do you think it is that basically once you get to the final, it's a one-off game? Because New Zealand, or the Silver Ferns, 
We only have to win that one game if we get there. format when they announced it. I think they announced it last year or the year before. They announced we we're going to play Australia in full play and I just was thinking, oh, this is just done for the TV broadcasters again and actually doesn't do anything yeah. for the tournament. This is just going to kind of like make it a little bit juicy at the start and get all the hype going. But then the saying that though, you look at, um, you look at the World Cup cricket, um, you know, like what's how that is, that is arranged and then you know, we, we played Australia in the, uh, you know, in the pool round, and then, you know, we, we, we could potentially still play Australia in the final. So, you know, I just think we, like, to be able to play, like, to, to have other countries, um, you know, like, get, get on the, the, you know, like, to be a top, you know, like, maybe a, a top six country, like, for example, South Africa are coming back into it. They seem to, um, have started, like, their, um, Halfway back to being um, a bit of a force in international netball, not necessarily the same as the four countries, the top four countries, but they're nearly, you know, they're nudging there. Apparently, there's another really good um, African country um, that um, similar to um, Malawi, but um, yeah, it's got an awesome star. I think they're coming to the World Cup, so it would be awesome to have two groups of um, two groups of countries. Um, and there's those other countries buying for their own, almost like the sevens. Like when we play sevens and they have those plate finals and, you know, like, um, a different, um, a different format for it. So there could be, like, for example, um, you know, Sri Lanka is never going to beat New Zealand. But, you know, they, they, they could be coming to the World Cup to buy for being the top of their, something of their actual, um, pool. Or um, group like split into like say two lots of eight, six to eight teams would be quite good. You mentioned you mentioned Malawi and Michael Winters, and she's coming to the ANZ Championship um, with the tactics. Um, she's been amazing, and I was lucky enough to see her develop down here in Australia. She played in our state league competition here in Hornby, my state of Victoria, for three years, Mark. And um, I think. I think she's, what she's doing is great for African netball. I read online all the time, not just in Malawi, but all over Africa, she's had that huge impact. And more and more girls, young girls who play netball want to, um, want to play ANC Championship, mm-hmm. even if they're not from like a Malawi or South Africa. They want yeah. to come to Kia or to New Zealand to play, even if they can just play club netball to help their netball. Yeah, absolutely. She is just a fantastic role model. And, and to see, see what has happened to her, in regards to her her association um, last year, I just that was just mind blowing. I mean, it, it's disappointing to see um, that they did not treat her fairly, um, and yet she brought so much kudos and exposure um, of her country to to people um, to the rest of the world. So I really hope that they sort that out because I would not want to not see her at the World Cup. And just a, a brief follow-up question before we wrap up, because interestingly enough, before I get to it, Ben and I have discussed having a plate final in the World Championships, or World Cups they call it now, quite a bit. I'm certainly very keen on the idea, but what do you think can be done by countries like New Zealand to help 
countries like Malawi because, you know, Malawi achieves an awful lot when you, you look at well, the country, really. It's, there's no real diplomatic way to be about this. It's, it's straight out third world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I reckon that we, we could, we, you know, we, we used to have the young internationals, like our, it's like our New Zealand B team. And the young internationals used to travel around, like, as a group. And, you know, like, like I think part of our service is being, and, and being a, in a developed country and, and being passionate about our sport, and it could be Australia as well, that we have a, a group of young internationals that actually travel and they go over there, they go over to the country and they help out. Like it could be for two weeks where they, they're in there and they're involved and mixing in, they're playing with the national team as well. And you've got coaches that are you know, cross-coding. Like you know, last year I had an amazing experience of going to Sri Lanka. And they invited me over there after being in Hong Kong. I delivered a, um, at an international coaches workshop. And there were these two little guys from, from Nepal that wanted me to go, go to Nepal. Miss Margaret, you show us um, how to... Um, to play netball in the pool. I mean, it's pretty special, but I actually ended up um, going over to Sri Lanka, had a wonderful experience, um, so much talent over there. And, you know, you, when you come in, you don't necessarily um, get all the politics that go with it. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I think every country I've been to has had so much politics that the wrong people are leading the sport. They need to get the right people on the bus, and then they'll be away. So often it's these people with egos that they don't even need <laughs> running the show. And you just say, oh, gosh. And so, you know, people like me, I just don't, like, I just don't get involved in that anyway. But the amount of uh, conversations I've had with um, different countries on the, uh, the, you know, like the running of it, the organisation, it's like, oh, gosh, it's almost just a headache. So it'd be nice to have... Um, people that are really awesome leaders as well, going in there and helping them out, giving us some templates. And you talk and you talk about Sri Lanka too. Um, this is just my my last question for you, Mark. Is um, what do you think um having Shivalingam in the ANZ Championship would do for netball in, in the wider Asia region? She's been over here for a little while, on and off, playing state league over in um, Western Australia. But just imagine having one like Shivalingam and that Sri Lankan shooter. I've seen her play a few times now in the ANZ Champs. Wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> yeah, well, we've looked at bringing her over. Um, but she, <laughs> look, she's beautiful in that, but she's just a bit soft. Um, you know, she's a great character. And, like, you know, look, she's just under the post. Like, you know, she could stand there. She's nearly touching the post. Like, the, the hoop, um, yeah, the beautiful ambassador, like, you know, um, for our sport because she's so tall. Um, and it could be linked in with something else. You're right. Not necessarily, I don't think, believe it. She's probably up to ANZ level. But even like the next foot down or, or even just being part of a squad that, you know, she can actually take that experience back to her fellow countrywoman. All right, Mark, thanks very much for joining us today. It was um, a, a wide-reaching and far-reaching chat on all sorts of different topics, netball and non-netball related. Really appreciate it. And um, I'm just going to um, quietly say, go Aussies for the World Cup final. Go Black Cats. Thank you so much, guys. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Cheers. You've been listening to the Three Feet Radio Show with Ben Carbonaro and Luke Herbert. 
Tune in next time for more special guests and netball commentary exclusively on YouTube.